millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. An Erio's original. Wait, I'm not done with your rock climbing. Oh, so- yeah. I did what, it because it, a guy in my college called Navon Kosravi. <laughs> did you have a crush on him? Yes. Even yeah. though he, I, the first time I met him, he was wearing like a floor length skirt and Tevas. <laughs> and I was like, this guy. <laughs> I remember I was like, there's no hot guys at this college. Then I saw him in poetry class and it was like, never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> Welcome to the Filling the Void. You know what podcast you're on because you're, you've actively chosen to listen to it. But I'm here with Lena Dunham, my old friend. And I'm worried I'm, the brush that I provided her with is not quite tiny enough for her purposes because we're watercoloring right now. And as enthusiasts, we know our brush sizes. But this is the I'm, craziest brush she just handed me, by the way. It's like now the Lena's hobby is painting and so is mine. So this is a really special episode because... We just have a lot to discuss, and we're also painting as we're discussing it. And the brush she just handed me, by the way, is like, you use it to clean your dishes. It's basically a thick bristle that, like, I use a paintbrush that is like a single hair. She said to me, do you have a brush of this size? And in my desperate effort to, like, be liked. I was like, yes. And then and I just she looked lied. at it and I fully lied. Like, do you, I, I thought you lie. used the Princeton brushes. So oh, I these. do. And here's the deal is that I use Princeton brushes. They're my passion, but I have been moving a lot around between places and I left my most favored brushes in England. And then I left my other most favored brushes in Connecticut. And then I was in a situation where I was like, I need to paint right now. And so I asked my friend Marty, to pick me some stuff up and you know I'm not gonna blame him but I wouldn't say I got the brush of my dreams I understand and you know what we make do and this I I did find a great brush and okay good. it's all good but I do know that you love to paint tiny and I would say that like my average size like yours is a zero and out of ten and mine is like more like a four out of ten right okay so what I'm painting with right now is actually a six round which is even a little big but um, yeah, I go really small. I don't know about you, but when I first got really into watercoloring, I like always want to know that I have the gear, and so I like went on this website that was like how to know if you have the right brush for you, mm. and it was so overwhelming that I just looked at my brushes. I was like, which is my favorite? Which do I use the most? Okay, this is the one. Great. Also, you should know 
I'm not picky about my palette. So if you get one color and another color, I would never be upset. Oh, that's good to know. One of my favorite things about having a hobby, hobby enthusiasts in general, um, enthusiasts in general, and whatever the other word is for hobby, because it's a weak word for aficionados. Yeah, is is the gear though? Like the buying of the gear is all it takes to get me interested in something. I feel the same way. Like an example of that would be that I figure skated for a year as a child because I wanted the dress and I knew my parents wouldn't get it for immediately. So I held on for a full year of these lessons I hated, got the dress and then just wore the skates and the dress around our house. And my mom would make me wear the blade covers because she was like, you cannot make holes in our floor. <laughs> um. How long did you have to do figure skating before you got the dress? A whole year. Oh, which right. is like just a really that. long time. That is so long. To stick with a hobby. And it's really hard. It was really hard. And also, I am i didn't know then that I have like a genetic disease of my connective tissue that makes me extremely clumsy. So actually, figure skating is like not the right sport for me at all. Right. In fact, probably nothing's the right sport for me. But so it was... It showed mega, and then like in college, I got into rock climbing, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, like <laughs> what was the gear for that? So amazing! I mean, you get like a belt. Oh right, the belt. Oh, is you guys so, is everything. can hear my dog, Ingrid. No, stay, be calm. Mm. That's me trying to use the the voice that I was taught. That's good. So, wait, rock climbing is a very sit. interesting hobby because i understand the belt like i want the belt but like i really don't want to climb a wall because no i it seems really hard and scary well i think it's a big moment in an adult life where you can realize you can buy any kind of gear you want that is within your budget and use it for whatever you want okay so i really i'm i've never i've never been into fishing but i can see myself getting into fishing because of all the cute little shiny hooks and whatnot oh well one of the things i noticed the first time i came to your craft room was like i was unbelievably turned on because i'm just gonna give a bone to my dog because she's definitely (laughs) doing like a high amount of scratching that's fine Um, she's frustrated she wants to be part of the conversation she does really badly want to be in the dialogue and unfortunately it's just while we're still recording we can talk about the fact that lena's house fills a very empty spot in my soul. It's Wheatsy Bat's house. I mean, I think Lena, in general, is just a very very comfortable with a microphone in her hand. Like, she was born... Ready? She was born... You were born ready. You were born this way. I was born this way, and I really love talking to you. And you and I will often have, like, really intense, like late night sessions, if you will. Yeah, they're so much fun. Where we just like talk, like we talked a few weeks ago. It's fun because we don't talk every day, but when we do talk, it's like for three, four, five hours. Yeah. And it's usually really late where you are, like really late. Oh, were you not in LA when we spoke? Okay, I think I have to send Ingrid out to the back house because this is just too, I just don't want Leslie to feel distracted. Oh, I didn't even notice, but it's probably because I have a dog. But This is great then, so she'll stop in a sec. But yeah, I love having these late night experiences with you. And I feel as though this, like when you told me you're doing a podcast, I was like, oh yeah, because like there's really no better chatter 
than an orphan. Like that's nice. I feel the, that way about you. It's so nice. I mean, it's the if chatting that's why of dreams. We talk fr- probably for a really long time, and it's really fun and funny. But wait, I'm not done with your rock climbing. So oh yeah. I did what, it because it, a guy in my college called Navon Kosravi. <laughs> did you have a crush on him? Yes. Even yeah. though he, I, the first time I met him, he was wearing like a floor length skirt and Tevas. <laughs> and I was like, this guy. <laughs> I remember I was like, there's no hot guys at this college. Then I saw him in poetry class and it was like, never mind. I was wrong. <laughs> and he stood up. He was wearing a floor length skirt. And then I remember reading his his Facebook page to date us like circa 2005. And do you know what the word enervate means? No. It means like tiring. Like if something's enervating, it's like it takes energy from you. Okay. It is really exhausting. And on his Why use that word instead of um, exhausting or tiring? I think like if you're pretentious. Okay, okay. But on Navon's Facebook page, he like was trying to be like sort of like he loved like roomy and like poets, but he was also trying to be like <laughs> inspirational. And he was like, don't be static, live enervate yourself (laughs) and I was just like I remember the time being like there's a lot I can excuse this the skirt all of it and then I would like go to the rock wall and like it would involve him like putting a harness on me and hoisting me up the wall and me being like this is so embarrassing (laughs) and he became like concerned with my progress in a way I liked and then I got mono and I was like well that's done like to to do any sport I really have to be at my best you know yeah you can't and, have mono my mom everybody gets mono in college it, everybody i'm thinking my mom oh it's such a big thing it's called the kissing disease yeah, right, right. but That's i got it from a why. bottle of beer from my friend's boyfriend barf i know it was so stupid like i remember we were sharing beer and hummus and he was like i just got back from break because i had mono and we were all like cool <sighs> and then because i have no immune system i got it and it i had to go home from school for two months and I remember being so tired from it that when I got home, I was crying, but I couldn't move or make the crying face like it was like a movie about Victorian times. A tear just fell from my eyes. <laughs> wow, that's so lucky. I know. It's, <laughs> thank you for understanding the way that you do, because like it is lucky. That's really lucky. And and one of the reasons I love you is because you're able to see that. <laughs> just so you know, sometimes if I get too much of a color in the wrong color, I just take the paper towel and wipe oh, yeah. the top. Do you do that? Of course. Yeah. I learned a lot of my tricks from you because when I first started watercoloring, we FaceTimed together and did it. Oh. How did it become your hobby? Well, that's a cool question to ask. So I was working at Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I had a really hard time at that show. I didn't stay on it for very long. And and from what I remember, you didn't feel very, like, in your life. Like, what do you mean? Like, you just felt like like you weren't doing work that was, like, inspiring to you. You weren't really that connected to the people. and it t- But it took up all your time. So you were just, yeah. like, exhausted. And you didn't really have time to give to other things. And it was just hard. It was it was a hard job. I did I did learn a lot. Like it was a cool. I'm very grateful for the experience now in retrospect and but it was not an easy job for me and just writing for a living had become had become hard. It it is hard. It's a hard writing is really hard and writing for money 
and making a living it doesn't ever it doesn't make it easier it yeah. makes it a little bit harder yep. and writing used to be like my creative outlet it was like all I, it was what I did all the time whether I was getting paid for it or not and most of the time I wasn't getting paid for it and yeah. that's all I did you were really like a Carrie Bradshaw type just like m- making your way in the big city with your words right like I was just journaling and I just always wrote poetry and a lot of that has I to do with like I remember your plan for your poem poetry Ugh. book which had the best title in history have you ever shared it with this podcast I have not it was called my dad invented terry cloth. I don't think that's a good title, but I really like that you think it is and feel free to use it for anything. By the way, <laughs> I've always stood by it and been like, maybe like when's it time? Like when's it time for my dad invented terry cloth? And my poetry is really bad. Everything you write is good because it's so full of you. Like I remember you once saying to me something really smart where you're like someone else might be able I and I say this all the time you're like someone else might be able to write better and it would be like a better shape or more like studied or correct but it just wouldn't be correct for me because it's not how I do it totally and like I mean it's nice that you say that and it is true about you and your work like there's no I don't feel competitive with anybody because I don't know like I can't you have your voice like Maybe not every, maybe some people struggle to find their voice. There's a purring cat in Leslie's face right now that's like really wants to be near her, but it's like not the right time. And she is always a little like this, which is she's evasive until the time when someone wants to say record a podcast. She feels like that really old fashioned velvet. Yeah, she's, she's national velvet because she's, is that what it's called? Well, National like, Velvet was is. the name of a movie with Elizabeth Taylor where she like was a professional horse jumper. Mm-hmm. And I loved that as a child. Um, but yeah, Irma is like, she's really her own, her own um, uh, metaphor and work of art. Well, I like her. Um, so I was really sad when I got fired from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, even though it was the right thing to have happened. I just... Did they give you a firing talk? Yeah. Like, I got fired. Why did they say they did it? It just wasn't a good fit. I was like, I know. They said, like, this just is not a good fit. I mean, it was like a whole... I felt like a sick dog who was waiting to be put to sleep for weeks. Like... Yeah. It's so hard. It wasn't... It just wasn't right. I wasn't happy. I wasn't being... I wasn't helpful to them. Like, I was trying my best, but like I was a, a, of service to them for as long as I needed to be. And then I wasn't anymore. So a and very great and sober way of thinking about it. And I have to say, you're one of the people I know who like really taught me like what expressing gratitude can be. Cause I didn't do that very much. And I wasn't right. Like I remember my aunt would always want us to say what we were grateful for at Thanksgiving. And my dad would be like, Oh, Mm-hmm. And like you were like, no, it's like cool to be grateful for things, even things like relationships that didn't serve you or things that hurt. Like it's cool to be grateful for them. And yeah. that was like very revolutionary for me. That's cool. I mean, it definitely takes time sometimes. So, I mean, I can say this now, but at the time I wasn't, I didn't have any gratitude for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I hated everything about it and everyone there and was very much in anger 
and very much angry at myself and very angry at writing and like yeah the process you were angry at everything that had gone on yeah I was depressed and I needed something and Paul for some reason he on a whim decided to buy like a bunch of paper and a bunch of paintbrushes and these like big fat acrylic paints and we went away I think it's because we went away for a weekend in Palm Springs to a place where there wasn't TV or internet. And he was like, oh, wow. Like, I'm like in- yeah, sorry to cut you off. No, no, you didn't cut me off. But he was just like, I'm going to need some support here. Right. He's like, I'll start a hobby. And he didn't. He didn't. We had fun and he didn't end up needing to paint. And no one used them. And maybe and for a while, a very long time. And then I was depressed and he had all of these paints and stuff sitting around. And so I was like, he even got an easel. That's really cute. It's really funny. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. I had like energy one day. I was like, I want to, I want to see what it feels like. like. I have energy to use. This is shocking. Right. And I made an abstract painting with acrylics and it was really fun, but I don't like the way acrylics smell when I'm inside and my painting, I do it a lot, a lot inside and outside, weather permitting. I just wanted to do watercolors. And so that depression of leaving Brooklyn Nine-Nine and not wanting to write, it was just a fun thing to kind of start doing while I was smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Outside. Well, it's funny. That's actually very similar kind of to my thing, which is like when I like have never had writer's block. Like it's just knock on wood, but it's just like not my thing. Like even when I have... Even when I don't know what to write, I just, like, write something. And, or I have something I have to write, so I just do it, and then I start liking writing again. But when I was getting off of um, Klonopin, when I was getting sober, I, like, really couldn't. Like, I just didn't have thoughts that cohered that way. Like, I would write, and it's like, I read the things I wrote, then I'm like, who even was that? Like, I just didn't have... And it was like really sh- like shoddy and clunky and like metaphor laden and just like not a pleasure. Mm-hmm. And my friend Spike visited me at my treatment center and he brought me paper and colored pencils. That's cool. And I started drawing portraits of the other people at my rehab, just kind of as like a fun thing. You also weren't allowed to take photos. So I was like, I'll remember everybody <laughs> that way. That's cool. And then when I got back, like life took over. And and then I was kind of trying to impress a guy. And I was like, I'll draw a portrait of you when you come over. And he was like, okay. And then he came over and I drew a portrait of him and it sucked the big dick. <laughs> but it Did kind you guys of, hook up? No. <laughs> and then it kind of like ignited this thing in me where I was like, okay, I'm not going to hook up with that guy, but like, there's something in this that I need. And then I got watercolors. And at first I was so scared to open them. Cause I don't like to not be good at things. Like mm. I don't like to do stuff. I don't think I'm going to be good at. So I was like, I can't even open these. It's too overwhelming, but I did. And I started and just sometimes I'd get really frustrated. Sometimes I'd get really tired, but like for whatever reason, I just kept returning to it day after day. And then I figured out, okay, if I start with just one color, I can like trick myself. So I started using only blue and just playing with like color values. With right, this I one remember shade that. Of I blue. remember your blue period. Thank you so much. You and I were on the phone a lot during my blue period. And then one day I was like, oh, I think I'll try purple. And then I was like, what if they went together? And then like 
I just started like loving colors. And actually you, I was working and then you sent me this Kuretake palette and I was like, I didn't realize it was you. And finally, really gently, you were like, I just like kind of thought I'd like ordered it in an eBay, <laughs> in like an Amazon haze. I know Amazon's evil, I'm sorry. Um, and you were like, did you get the palette I sent you? And I was like, Leslie, I've been painting with it a hundred hours a day. That's I just awesome. didn't know you sent it to me. I felt so rude because you sent me like a gift that actually like really helped me and was meaningful to me. I think I had pressed buy now before and then forgot to write a thing, like a thank you, like a gift card. Well, it I can was be like, really, oh, I'll just tell her. As you know, it can be very confusing when you yeah. don't know where Amazon packages came from. I know. Not traumatizing, <laughs> but confusing. Yes. And I was just, I wanted to thank you because like it really did help me. I remember I get a text from Lena one day and she was like, are you going to think that I'm, co- I'm starting to really get into painting, but are you going to think, are you going to be mad at me that I'm copying you? Do you remember what I wrote back? What did you write back? I wrote, yeah, get off my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and so good. Well, Sarah Hayward always cares a lot if people copy her. Like, she right. doesn't like when people buy the same stuff, which I always thought was really admirable. I was like, I don't even know who I am enough to care if someone copies me. Like, I wouldn't notice until it was way too late. And so it was just kind of cool to me. I was like, copy. I was like, I don't even know what's up. And then she really, like, she had real feelings about it. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. I wish I was like that. <laughs> well, Sarah does, I like it when she calls stuff like that out. Um, and sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that person copied me. All right. Like I see you, but yeah. I, I definitely didn't <laughs> invent painting. Well, it's also funny that I said that cause like my dad's also I know. a painter. Like, I don't know why I thought you would decide I was copying you. And then I like tried to force Leslie into like a program where we texted our paintings to my dad and he like talked to us about color. And finally in this really cute way, she was like, Lena, I'm not ready. She was like, I was like, I'm a hundred percent on board to text your dad and talk to him about art. But are you sure that like he was into it for his daughter? But like, I don't know if your dad wants to like waste his time with like my leaves. All I do is paint leaves. She paints such beautiful leaves. And honestly, I kind of think he would. But I think it's like you have to get to that in your own time. You know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I'm ready. And I don't. And I didn't think I was ready at the time. And I still don't. And I also, I don't know, like, I respect your dad's gangster. And plus, I would want to, I would rather do it, like, with him in person than text. Because I do really like him as a person. And I like talking to him. And I think he's a very thoughtful way of speaking. He made me a congratulations video yesterday for an award I got. And it was, like, supposed to be, like, you know, sober woman of the year. Like, da-da-da. And I was like, okay, I'm really doing it and everyone was getting videos from their family and I was like oh I guess mine didn't make one and then afterwards Mm -hmm. my manager was like I have the videos from your family but I thought we should just play them privately because like that would be more intimate and I was like okay great and I played them when I got home and I was like maybe you also wanted to play these privately because they're like psychotic and it seems like someone's holding a gun to my family's head (laughs) in order to make them congratulate me my dad's literally (laughs) went exactly like this hi Lena (laughs) Congratulations, sweetheart. We're so proud of you 
for your hard work and talent, but more so because you're a kind person and you were grateful that you put lots of love into the world. Bye. (laughs) And then my brother just did the same thing my dad did because he thought it was funny to just do that. And then my mom told me to stop vaping repeatedly. (laughs) And those were like the videos. And I was like, it seems like none of you ever met me. You don't even like me. But actually that made the videos better. Wait, when were you vaping? Like during, but what do you mean? Like my mom just meant like generally don't vape. Like she was like, I love you. She was trying to like add a sassy touch. And she was like, I I love you. Congratulations. (laughs) And remember not to vape. And I was like, I don't. I was like, I smoke cigarettes. Like, be honest about what's happening. And also, like... That's really funny. I'm glad you got your comedy moment, but... um, So, tell me more about what got you into painting. Oh, so you couldn't write. I couldn't write. I wanted this guy to think I was, like, interesting and deep, which I think he didn't. And then... (laughs) And then I started playing the new Casey Musgraves album. Well, now it's a year old and just sitting on the floor and making like 15 paintings a night and then sending them in the morning to my dad and being like, what do you think? And he was cool. And it was really nice. But it also like I look back now and I realize that was like a very desperate time. I also was just about to be diagnosed with Lyme disease, which I like didn't realize I'd had in my blood. And I was really tired all the time. So I had this like extremely limited energy And the painting really worked for that because I could just sit on the carpet Mm -hmm. and like I would just sit on this like I would get like like grooves in my body from the sizal carpet just like sitting there and painting. But it was really special time and time that I just spent with myself. That's awesome. I feel the same way. It really like opened up a creative part of me and like I don't know like just this really nice meditative but it's not meditation. It's. No, it's what I like is it's art, but it, for me, you know, I think you must feel this way. Like there's just so many sentences flying around in my head and I'm really exhausted some of the time and like tender from all those thoughts and painting is like, I listen to music. It's when I do my mostly music listening. It's the only time I listen to like whole albums. And that was another thing I was going to ask you is like. It's when I do oh, most your, of my reading. Your leaves look amazing. I love the alternating color values. Thanks. This is just, I should have brought you a painting and I I really have one. I have like a bunch for you. And I, also I have a have, bunch for you too. But I have one that I made for you a really, really long time ago. That's the little swimming pools. Oh God, And for some reason I when I made it, I just thought of you. And I don't even yes. think that we were like really that close during that period. But, but it just like would mean so. Leslie Artfin is like the reason someone should be on Instagram. Like I'm not on Instagram, but if you're not following Leslie Artfin, you're not on Instagram at all. That's nice. Thank you. But um... But yeah, so I I listen to a lot of books because That's I am great. often s- don't have time to read during the day and I get and I'm so tired when I go to sleep and I just fall asleep when I start reading. So yeah. I listen to a lot of books and podcasts like that's what I do when I paint. And I started actually titling my paintings after the things that I've been listening to so I can oh, that's remember. That's great. Like what do you call them? Well, I just finished this book Doxology, so I named one doxology and then I started doxology while I was reading another one. So one painting is called doxology and like the ninth gate or What something. is doxology about? Um, it's about this 
family in the this girl's life before in the 80s and then her living in New York before 9-11 and then her life and the baby she has post 9-11 up until right now times and her kid yeah it's really good is it written by a man or a lady a woman and she's really a really cool woman who lives in Germany now and used to write fanzines and her Mm. name is Nell Zink and I had asked you if you'd read it no because I think you would really like it Sounds amazing. That's so, sounds amazing. I like need to get, fiction really transports me in a very powerful way, but I forget, you Mm -hmm. know? And I do a lot of reading about history on the internet at night. I get into real like wormholes of like historical reading that I enjoy a lot, but I, I forget to do this thing that really feeds me. Leslie, I'm not pleased with this face. <laughs> I w- we need, we're going to take a picture of It's this. not good what I made. Like, it, I, it started I, good, and then it got really dark. Let me zoom in a little bit. As paint's just bleeding down her face. <laughs> wait, it's a else. little blurry. Okay. It's, like, tragic. Now, wait, don't move. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, great. It was supposed to be a self-portrait, and you know what? Maybe it is. <laughs> That's the upsetting news. Um, a lot of people, this conversation of being good at something, and then like how you were saying, you don't like to start anything be- without knowing you're going to be good at it. And like, I totally understand that. And painting wasn't, it was like the first thing where I'd never... I didn't start it because I thought I would be good at it. I do like the idea of getting better at it, but I realize that I actually enjoy the process more than I like my paintings. I give my paintings away. I don't care. Like yeah. they can go anywhere. They don't need to have, I forget, do you sell yours? Sometimes, but. But it's almost like just because it took so much time. Like you're not, like I sell mine just because it's like, okay, if you want it and it's like, I'll give the money to charity. I don't care, but I don't. Like, I would love to have a show. We've talked about this, but I would love to have a show because I'd love to see them all together. But I'd have to gather them because I've given most of them away. Like, I have some work, but my best work's never at my house because I just always give my best work away. So I sell them mainly because I also don't give them away. And the the reason why I don't give them away is because I feel... I mean, I give them away sometimes to friends for... a maybe occasions, but it's rare. I feel like it's very presumptuous of me to assume that somebody wants my art and then are they going to feel the pressure to put it up somewhere when I come over and I don't want 
it is the most codependent thing I ha- It's the most codependent relationship I have. So Is with your art. Is with my art and other people. So rather than force somebody to feel like they have to like something that I made, I just have so many paintings at my house. Well, I really get that. But I would say this, like, I think be part of the reason I'm so loose about it is because I grew up and my mom gave her like art or books of her art or postcards of her art as presents to literally everyone. And even my dad, like if he really likes someone and wants them to be happy, he'll give them a drawing. And your parents are confident. They're really confident. And they made me like too confident because I give it to tons of people like I like sent framed ones to all my agents. Well, like that's, that's so insane. Nice. And no, they were I don't all like, think you Thanks. can be too confident. Like I don't I don't know. Maybe I mean, that's I think, a really I dumb thing to announce. I think everybody wants my stuff is too confident, but I'm okay with it because I don't know, I always think like you can put it in a drawer or pin it up on your pin board. Like I don't need it to be displayed amongst everybody's right beauties but I you just, also have this kind of aesthetic though where when somebody gives you something that's handmade or like you do hang it and you do you yeah cherish it and I, like I, I do too but I also know that some people like have an all-white house and like will look at something that I've made and yeah and then like they can like disgusting put it in storage but okay. i don't know i love i think i have to be okay with that like my god godparents are like arguably the most famous art critics in the world and i sent them a picture of three of my paintings and i was like which one do you want because i just was like you should have one and it doesn't have to be a thing of whether you like it or not and then my godfather picked the one he liked which was a painting of harry neff wearing yellow leopard pants mm-hmm. and i've seen that one it is really good well thank you and he was like he was like it's beautiful artly and i was like thank you jer and then i get to feel like a little moment of pride but then sometimes i send my paintings to someone like i know like i don't want to date anyone who doesn't think i'm amazing at painting i decided yeah well of course and I mean, like paul loves everything that i paint but so does my mom. So it doesn't. Yeah, count to but me. I my mom doesn't love everything I paint. That's that's the kind of love I need. Well, that's the kind of love, <laughs> honestly, Lesels, when you're ready, that's the kind of love my dad will give you because he'll straight up be like, he, we did a thing where I was going to England and I was packing the paintings I should finish and the ones that I should leave, and he just like went through and was like, work more on this, don't work on this, throw this in the garbage, give this away, save this. Like he was just very helpful. That's really cool. And it's like he's really good. <laughs> Whoa. What did you knock down? I have no idea what that was. I'll check in a second. Yeah. Honestly. I the pot on the stove. Wait, really? I don't know. You I had a pot over the two pizzas. If she successfully knocked that down, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Wait, who knocked it down? Irma? Candy. Because wow. she wanted that pizza. This painting I'm making is a fucking goddamn joke i mine's a joke like the painting i'm making over here usually i do my backgrounds from a florence broadhurst wallpaper or marameco pattern this is just some crap i'm inventing from my mind and my mind is not that but you know what i have to say paintings made me a better filmmaker and that's true because i think visually but not like i never really shot listed that well like And it's just trying, thinking of something and then trying to render it has helped me express my visual ideas more clearly and like my aesthetic. And 
Sometimes I'll like I paint watercolored a shot list this summer for a sex scene. That's so cool. And it really helped. Thank you. It really helped me. So I don't know. I see a lot of value in it in other areas too. And like, it's funny, we had art therapy at rehab and like I went one day, I like dared someone to go with me and we went and the girl was cool, but it kind of sucked because she didn't think anyone was going to come. She had like three buttons and a pencil, (laughs) literally. She was like, does anyone want to do this dream catcher kit? And I was like, that's racially insensitive and it's a no. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. But I love storyboarding and I think and I was constantly trying to get because Crystal doesn't do shotless and then I was making a sports show where there's a lot of action and sometimes it's really hard to figure out how to write a scene when there's also skateboarding and like a lot of moving pieces. Who directed the episodes Crystal didn't direct? She directed everyone. Oh, amazing. Which I don't think that she'll do again, but it's what she wanted to do at the time. And so... And was she able to render... Like, did you guys rehearse the action and stuff or... Yeah. And we had... What are they called? Like, uh, stunt people to help us. Do your listeners... Choreograph. Do your listeners know the name of your show yet? Yeah, talk about it. Every episode since I've been back, Betty, it's about skate... I'm like, Betty, like I sound so... Are you in post-production a lot these days? Yeah, but I... Crystal's in Brussels, so I do it on pics from home, which is really hard. She's editing in Brussels? Yeah. Why? Because that's where her editor lives, and that's the editor that she wanted to work with. So she's just with them in Brussels. Is that who edited her movie? Yeah, but she'll come back to New York, and I'll be in New York with her for a little bit. But When does We wanted to do it in, I don't know, like probably in the spring or summer. I mean, hopefully in the spring or summer. Do you guys have a theme song? No. That's not your style, but no, I just wondered. No, I, I would. I love the idea of a theme song. I don't know. I don't think it's correct for the tone of the show, but I could be wrong. We don't have it yet. It's New York. It, it'll probably have similar intro, like girls. Like yeah, like we just would do whatever we wanted each episode in that department. Yeah, I think. I mean, Crystal and I have a lot of ideas, so we'll see what That's we're great. actually able to do. But um, I was constantly trying to get them to hire and they would have gotten a storyboard person she just didn't want to I think that she really tries to lean in to her vision and she just has a way of like knowing how to visualize things and and it's just how she does it there's only so much she can communicate to me or a storyboard artist and at a certain point she's like we don't need a storyboard person I got this I know what's going on I'll tell you we'll figure it out and we did I just think having a storyboard artist is cool. It is cool. And it's fun. I once worked with a really cool one for a commercial and I was just like amazed by what he could do. But then sometimes Are they like the best artists and really, really fast? Well, they draw like how you'd want to draw if you were a kid. Like their drawings look like Barbies and Ken's. So cool. And they are fast. Like they're really fast. Um, Wait, so I have more questions. Now that you have a kid, you and I both like to stay up late. We think yeah. it's fun. And I would always like talk to you on the phone late when we were young single women or we'd go out really late. Now that you have a child and obviously she goes to bed at seven o'clock and you have to be up early with her in the whole shebang. What is your like, like have your night owl habits transformed? Do you have secret nighttime? Like what does that all look like? Well, I, yeah, I definitely don't stay up as late as I used to, but it's for the best. I mean, that's such a cute way of putting it. I, but Mary doesn't wake up that early and I 
And Paul really is her morning person. He is. Yeah, he's the best with her in the morning. And like, let me just tell you something about my husband. And I thank him for this, obviously, every single day. But it is like a dream come true. Like, Paul gets up in the morning and makes coffee and brings me a cup of coffee in bed every day. Except when I'm working and I have to just do it myself. But is he ever so mad at you? He doesn't bring it. Yeah, he is. But not often. Like we don't often go to bed angry, even though that's a cliche. Sometimes but, we do. But usually, and does he know exactly how you're like your coffee, and it's delicious? Yeah, and he even brings me cookies because I like to dip a cookie in my coffee. No, I can't take it. What kind of cookie? It depends. I go through phases. Right now, I'm really into the new flavor, Pepperidge Farm Cherry. It's like shortbread cookie with a little bit of cherry sauce in the middle. How do you only eat one? I eat like two because I'm not really that hungry in the morning, but I really I really only like cookies when they're dumped in, dunked in hot liquid. You have one of the most... Firstly, I love what you're saying. You have also one of the most amazing taste palettes. Like I remember when we were in the girls' writer's room, like we would all be like getting these like weird quinoa bowls or whatever, and you would just be like, I'm going to order a giant burger and then I'm going to eat one thing today, but it's going to be like a full burger and fries and, or like two burrito. You'd be like, I'll get the triple burrito special. And then in like two seconds, it'd be gone. And then we, you'd be like, sorry, I haven't eaten in 24 hours. And I was like, this woman is amazing. She's like a reptile. Yeah. I mean, I do eat like, it's not amazing food taste. It's probably some kind of weird eating disorder that I doesn't have a name yet because if it's the eating disorder where you only want to eat food a three-year-old would eat, then it's, I have it too. It's not that. It's that I just don't, I just don't like the whole process of You've eating. Said this. I love when you it's say so this. It's so obnoxious though. It's like, I love eating. I love food, but I don't like thinking about food. I don't like preparing food. Every week on my podcast that food comes up, somebody's hobby is always cooking. I, I hate fucking cooking. hate it's cooking. It's disgusting. It's so boring. Literally, I and everyone's like, once you have a kid, you're going to have to cook. I'm like, why? Millions of Americans like put things in the microwave every day, but I don't even want to do that. I want them to be heated already. And it's not even brattiness because it's not like I want fancy elite cooking. I just don't want to touch anything. I'm perfectly happy to eat from a sparrow at the airport. Oh, yeah. I mean, the word, like when Paul asks me like, what do you want for dinner tonight? It's horrible. Paul, I'm like, my let's ro- just get a divorce. My like, Paul, <laughs> who's my roommate, is exactly the same way, and he hates food. And most days, he says he says that he has to have a banana and orange juice every morning, or he can't wake up. So he eats a banana and orange juice in bed, and then I'll have like an assortment of gummy worms, and then maybe, maybe, maybe I'll have like a dry omelet, and then he like smokes eleven cigarettes and goes to sleep. I mean. I'm not that different, except I just don't smoke the cigarettes. I smoke a vape. And do you smoke your vape right when you wake up? Yeah. You just vape it in. I did tell Judd last night that I quit smoking, and I felt really proud to tell him that because he really hated when I smoked because I smoked all the time, but I didn't tell him I vaped. So hopefully he He won't listen to this. I'm pretty sure he won't. When I was like, I vape, he was like, said in all caps, he was like, he was like, no. No, 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 you can't. I, I'm going to get you a hypnotist. You can't do it. Like he was also like, it's insane that you have health problems and you're like putting nicotine in your body. And I was like, I know, but you know, I experienced this thing, which is when you have health problems, there's this like subversive appeal to not 
taking care of yourself in certain small ways and I'm not proud of that but it's just like I get it though sometimes I'm like my body's failed me anyway so why don't I just like like I, it's like after my hysterectomy and there was this like weird moment where I just like forgot that you know like yes you can't get pregnant when you don't have a uterus but you can get STDs mm-hmm. and I was just sort of like anybody want to take my new closed off vagina for a ride like I just didn't have any I get that I think it's also kind of like it might be like it a part of grieving alcoholism oh yeah (laughs) I was gonna say like like we're alcoholics always abuse like like take revenge on the wrong party and the party being themselves yeah like that's the number one thing like like I used towards other people, I eat towards other people, I fuck towards other people, and a big part of the last two years of sobriety for me have been learning to do things for myself, and back to painting, that's actually been a huge part of it, because I didn't have hobbies, like, I remember my friend Matt saying- Except for rock climbing and figure skating. Except for rock climbing and my passion for figure skating, (laughs) and the the incredible discipline I applied to both, Mm -hmm. but- I remember my friend Matt saying to me, like, what do you like to do for, what do you want to do for your 32nd birthday? What do you like to do for fun these days? And I said, I have no idea what fun is. Like, I just can't imagine having it. I can't think of what it would be like. And he was like, said that that was the moment more than anything where he was concerned about me because just saying you can't think of anything that would be fun is, and at the time he was like, do you think you're depressed? And I was like, 100% no, but yeah. Now that I know what it's like to have hobbies and I wake up every day so excited to do basquillion things. I have a song I want to listen to. I have a painting I want to make. I have a movie I want to watch. I have a cigarette I want to smoke. I have a thing I want to eat. I have a person I want to talk to. Like, And it's just like so that. nice to be stimulated. By the way, I'm... Now that's looking a lot better. You're really... You've gotten... You've grown really strong in the pattern department. It means so much to me. Because being able to think of them from my mind is like very It's new. very impressive. It's very impressive. Also, the fading that you have going on in the middle. Thank I'm going to have you. to take another picture. Wait, so like what, what else do you like to do besides painting? Okay, so like I love to paint. I love to take naps. I love to take walks with my dogs. I love to cuddle my dogs. I love to take pictures of my dogs. <laughs> I like to take selfies in different outfits. Yeah. I love to shop on Etsy, which you do too. Yeah. Um, my big areas are dolls, historical reenactment costumes, and vintage caftans. And occasionally I'll look for like a Celine bracelet from 1965. What do you like to look for? Vintage kids clothes. So cool. I can't wait to have a kid for that reason. But I find because I'm infertile, I find buying kids clothes now too depressing unless they're for my god kids. Yeah, don't do that. It's also just like a, not a Jewish thing to do. Like, no, it's, it's not good. really it's not. Just, don't do that. But today I had a really great search for turtlenecks with um, different patterns on them. For kids or adults? For myself. Oh, love. I look at paper mache sculptures Ooh. Anything that by comes who? Anybody. I like Vintage. outsider art. Me too. That's why I love art dolls from Romania and such. Ooh, I have a baby cool. troll and a baby pig that are extremely life size, so I have to keep them in the closet because they upset people. <laughs> They're in New York. But the troll is like the full weight of an infant, looks like an infant, and like has like elf troll ears and looks like I gave birth and it was to a gray troll. <laughs> And I love to hold it. And I also love to buy, like, 
I, like I bought for you and me and I was hoping they'd be there for this, but they haven't. I got us these cups that say paint water and they have Ooh, I like that. a brush slot and I'm <gasps> so excited. Can I try your vape on the yeah, podcast? Yeah. You'll really like it. Just don't. Do I press this? You don't have to press anything. Just don't inhale too hard. Firstly, talk to me about this model. Okay. I use a Soren. Wait, before we talk about it, there's one Is this thing. vanilla? It's creamy tobacco. I love everything Before I do about an this. ad for Soren, I know. It's really, really good. So they should good. sponsor your podcast. Yeah, they should. I mean, I've turned so many people onto the Soren Drop and Solace Creamy Tobacco. If you're listening, companies. Is Solace Creamy Tobacco a kind of nicotine you put into the Soren? Yeah. Did you ever smoke a Jewel? Did you ever yeah. go to Jewel Nation? I didn't like Jewel. What's I Jewel love Nation? The, well, Jewel Nation's just joining the nation of Jewel. Oh, it's what people call it. I love the aesthetic of Jewel, which is why I have a private Pinterest board called Precious Jewels, which is different people decorating their jewels. Oh, that's cool. And I did get a really great cover for my Jewel that was... I love the way once you smoke a vape, it like almost clears your ears out. It is... There's... The crackle is everything. Wait, you have two Soren drops. Yeah, because this is what addiction looks like. I'm so turned on. Tell me everything. I don't... I have, I ha- the only reason why I have two and not one is because one isn't enough. There is no reason. It's just that I need to have more than one thing. What? I need, to, I'm an addict. I don't know why. I just need to well, have more like, than one. You can still use it. One no weird thing. Yeah. I don't like to ever buy a single cosmetic from a brand. Like I'm like, if I'm going to have the, sh- the concealer, I'm going to get the blush because I want to be. Like, it's the same way, like, you know, when, I, like, they'd say collect them all when you were a kid. I was like, I will. Like, I had so yeah. many collections, and I had, like, Beanie Baby collection, which was boring, but I had an amazing art doll collection. My art dolls are all, and, like, I had, a, I have the most incredible Archie Comics collection, and I went to Me all too. the, you do? I have the, do you have all of them in um the uh, plastic sleeves? No. Oh, I was, like, crazy and put cardboard and plastic sleeves and wouldn't let my friends touch them, which is why I had no friends. They were, they're in cardboard, or they were, I don't know what happened to them, because my mom moved a lot, and they were in plastic sleeves, but I was, like, I wasn't interested in keeping them pristine. I thought the plastic was annoying, but so that's impressive that you do. Something I think we should do on this podcast, because I think it's fun for people to hear, is we both wear a lot of rings. It's part of our aesthetic. Yeah. And I think a good way for us, because and also one of the reasons I love wearing rings is because we do things with our hands, writing mm. and painting. And so that's why... Your ring game is really good. Yours is, and I want you to tell me about them. This baby ring... It's a pinky ring. It says baby. It's so cool. It's very like 1990s streetwear. Yeah, but it's meant to be for a child. It's great. And I got it in Chinatown. Thank you. It says baby. It's a little gold ring. It's beautiful. Then my engagement ring and my wedding band, which was my grandmother's. It's beautiful. The engagement ring did Paul pick? I sent him a bunch of links. This ring that I have in my, on my middle finger is blue enamel with like two diamonds in the middle it looks sort of like a nautical it has like a nautical feel to it oh that's the timer anyway it was my grandmother's it's beautiful and then the horseshoe you've always had i it was like something i got for myself it's great and then the opal paul got me those are beautiful and i do you just never take them off never but sometimes i add more now tell me about your cocktail rings Okay, 
the one that's a bow. It's like a deco bow. And it, my dad got it for mom. He never got her an engagement ring because he was like iffy about marriage. So she selected this from like an Italian vintage jeweler and he traded a painting for it. It's beautiful. It's rubies and diamonds and in the shape of a bow. Yeah, it's my favorite thing I own. I haven't taken it off literally in 15 years. I thought I lost it because I took it off one day for a photo shoot, but Paul had safely put it, Paul's my roommate, he had safely put it in a cup. I love it. Um, my giant. Where's your microphone? Oh, you have it. Okay. My giant garnet ring, my friend Megan Folsom made. And we were, she has a jewelry company and we were that like she sells so in dope. homes and we were having a baby shower for Scotty, my other best friend. And she was like, everyone can wear the jewelry at the baby shower. And then I was like, I'm sorry, I can't take this off. So just send me a bill. And she was like, that's the one from our showroom. Can I give you a different one? And I was like, no, I can't take it you off. needed it. Yeah. And then my emerald ring I had made and I'm not going to lie. And she knows I copied it from Emily Ratajkowski's engagement ring. It's really, it's fucking fire. It looks like the Wizard of Oz on a finger. Yeah, she has it in diamonds. And I was just like, I'm sorry I copied you. And then I felt so embarrassed about it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I apologized to Squillion Times. And she was like, I really don't care. You're basically a copycat. Let's yeah. just like be real. And then my middle finger ring, <laughs> one is a, a You have a giant opal. My giant oh. opal I bought in the town I was living in in Wales this summer. There was a vintage jewelry dealer in Cowbridge, Wales. Shout out, and he's really amazing. If Are you're there ever rubies on, on that, there's like garnets and diamonds around the side. And if you're ever on the high street in Cowbridge, just go to like JF Jeweler. He's very cool, and he has a lot of vintage styles. And then my cabochon garnet ring, Paul gave me, and it belonged to a hairdresser, and it says Bruno inside of it. I love it. And I just, I'm going to ask you our last question that I ask everybody. Do you have? Is there like a hobby? That like you wish you had, but it's just not for you. Like, for example, I wish that I was the type of person who loved surfing, but I just, I'm not. So I actually have the exact same wish. And something that's very special is that one of my friends, Spike, he has, he surfs all the time. And three times I've gone with him and, you know, I don't talk about this a lot, but I have a disability, which is my connective tissue disease. So there's a lot of physical things that are really painful for me to do. And surfing, just like my balance, like I would never be able to do it. Like I've never been able to do something like that. And you kind of at a certain point, it's like, I'd really like to go to the top of the Empire State Building, but I just, my legs can't do 300 steps or the top of the, I mean, Statue of Liberty, like, and there's no elevator. I don't even think they let you in up to the tippy top anymore. Well, if they did, I couldn't even go because there was no elevator. I think I also wish and Spike I was into pushed sailing. Me. He pushed me on the surfboard, like through the oh, water. Oh, you did it? I didn't stand up. I just laid on the board. And when a wave came, he would push me and I would get to feel the feeling of going over the wave. And it was so generous. That is really cool. I mean, I don't want to surf, but I do want a wetsuit. I wore the wetsuit and it was too small, so it didn't feel very good. But So I just wore it around my waist. But... Then later I was like, can we go out again and push each other on the boards? And he was like, we don't. It's really funny that you think we push each other. Uh, He's like, I hold your board and my board and it's really hard. And one time we were out there and these guys were like, these like teen guys were like talking and they were like, sup, dude, let's hit that wave. And I thought they were far away and I forgot the ocean carries. So I started imitating them and I was like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And they like turned around to me and I was like sorry yeah that's so mean it was so stupid (laughs) they were really embarrassing but um, i feel like your dad knows how to sail 
my dad did, well, my dad's secret thing, which I tried, this is one I wish, my dad's really great at tennis. Ooh, good one. And one time he was going out with his friend Jeff Young to play tennis, and I heard Jeff Young say to him, hey, motherfucker, should we go hit the fuzzy yellow? And I was like, I wish I was in this. And when my brother was young and was not yet in their sex of being a gender fluid um, transmasculine person, they wore a tennis skirt. And I was so jealous. Just so everyone knows, Leslie made a beautiful painting and then just wrote this sucks on her painting in black paint. Because I don't want Paul to see this and think better. Do you Mm. think I should write something on mine? Yours is actually really good. I don't want Paul to see this and think that this... I'm going to throw this away. Paul can't... Can I have it? I have another one for you. Please let me give you another one. Just let me keep it in my office. But I have another one for your office. My hobby is taking people's art that they don't want to give me and putting it in my tiny office. Fine. I have to write another message on it then. Okay. Write a little message. Um, Another thing is like, sometimes I do feel that sometimes if people aren't... When I'm like, uh, do you ever feel this way? When I'm like, I love to watercolor and people are like, me too. And then we do it together and they don't take it seriously. Yeah. I'm like, I don't no, ever do it with you. Some, you're don't. the only person I've ever watercolored with. I once let this girl who was over use my paints and she like mixed them all together, fucked up my colors, was disrespectful about my tools and then left. And no. I was like, listen, I share, but... It's not that hard. Not that hard. <laughs> you just said, this sucks, but l- I'll let you keep it. That's the best thing I've ever owned. Um, on that note. I hope someone will edit this podcast so that we don't get in trouble on the internet. But I also. <laughs> Did hope- we say anything troublemaking? Well, you and I together, we all have to know. Yeah. Are always going to say something troublemaking. It's because true. we're going to express our feelings and our feelings are complicated. And that's one of the reasons I love being with you is because I know, like when I'm like, I did something bad, you're always like, I bet it's not that bad. And then you always like, you're, you've been honest with me before. You've been like, yeah, that's fucked up. You need to get it together. But you also never, this is something I really value in our friendship. You always make me feel like there's nothing I could do that would make you not think that I was like worth loving. And I feel like there's nothing you could do that would make me think you weren't worth loving. It's the truth. We all make mistakes. My friend Gil once said this to me, and it's what I'm going to call my autobiography one day, but he said, mistakes are nature's candy. Do you remember when Deb Schoenman said to me, Lena, you could go, that's beautiful, and mistakes are nature's candy, (laughs) and I'm acknowledging that and holding space for it. (laughs) And Deb did once say to us, Lena, you could go to jail for two years, and it wouldn't matter. That's really nice. And I was like, thank you. And I didn't go to jail yet. You're not going to jail. But if you did, I would definitely visit you because you would probably end up like making it really fun. My mom's friend went to jail for tax evasion and (laughs) she had a party to say goodbye to everybody. And the New York Times covered it. And in the article, my mom was like, I'm going to visit Mary all the time because her house is near our house. And then when the Times article came out, she made them issue a retraction because instead of house, they'd written country house. And the only thing she crawled with was, I would never say country house. <laughs> she's like, it's my house. And that's, I'm going to visit Mary. And she's Your like, mom's so she's cool. Like, if you go to jail, 
my mom would also visit you because she doesn't care. I know she doesn't. I love you. Your mom's fucking tough as shit. You are too. Uh-huh. You're a cool Jewish mom like my mom. You're a chic. That's nice. You know what you are? Which is what Scotty and I call it? You're a glamour mommy. That's what Scott, you and Scotty say about me or just in general. We say I'm about like, what do you say gla- about me behind my back? We say about back. glamorous moms. We love you and we talk about how great you are. But Scotty and I are always like, oh, she's a glamour mommy. Uh, gla- yeah, maybe. But thank you. I try. I'm going to call my biography maybe, but thank you. <laughs> I love That's you, Lizzle. Thank too. you thank- for having me on this Filling the Void podcast. Thanks for doing it. I love it. You can have my painting if you want it. I do. Okay, I'll write something on it for okay, you. Okay, bye Filling the Void. Bye, I'll filling talk the to void. you guys soon. Peace out. See you soon. Never miss an episode of Filling the Void. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Rate, review, and tell a friend. It really helps. Filling the Void is an Erios production with editing by Molly Hockey and original music by Michael Cassidy. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 15178 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe. Or Summit 4xe. Not